Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Well, after uh, deciphering yesterday that it just made too much sense for Odell Beckham Jr. to come to the Packers when it comes to salary cap and uh, the weapons and standings and everything else, he goes to the L.A. Rams, Rowdy. <laughs> Good thing I didn't get my hopes up. Um, as as we know, you know, Green Bay Packer fans, whenever something just seems to make sense and could work out, it never happens. It never happens for the green and gold. Went to the L.A. Rams. Rowdy, good morning. What? The well, Rams? Couple things. Are you that? Are no. you really that surprised? No. Are you really that upset? Nope. And then get my hopes up. Do salary caps ever even make sense? No. I feel like they never matter because technically the Rams had what two point four million to spend. Packers had six point two. Packers were unwilling to give him more than vet minimum, which was a little over a million dollars. Yeah. Rams obviously went through um, the signing bonus and the contract that they were giving them. I think they ended up giving them like one point two five million. And the Packers so, like one point one. They would have been? yeah. So a little bit more. And then they were able to build in incentives, which could have got them up to four <laughs> and a half million dollars so at the end of the year. And I was seeing like those spot track and and like uh-huh. the uh, over the cap guys that tweet like, oh, these this contract is this this and this. They were both saying. The Rams were able to offer him that through contract stipulations and yeah. blah, 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 but the Packers weren't. No. What? So the Packers, you know, maybe Mike Florio, who is a giant donkey, maybe he was onto something saying uh, yesterday when we were bagging on him that it was just a hollow gesture from the Green Bay Packers to make it, uh, you know, the illusion that they were going in to get Odell Beckham Jr. But no, Odell Beckham Jr., it, what were the three, you know, top runners? For Packers, Chiefs, Seahawks, Saints. Patriots were throwing their name in there. The top three, it was Green Bay, L.A. Rams, and Kansas City. And all of a sudden, Rams were like, yep, we'll do it. So apparently, and, Or no, New Orleans. It was yeah, New Orleans. Because I don't think the Rams were ever well, even on the short list. All, all those teams had way less cap room, supposedly, than the Packers. But according to some of those contract people, the Packers won, were unable to give them that much money where the Rams were. But, I mean, right... Right, if you look at the salary caps and the salary space, the Packers had the most. Yeah, it the, makes. It, I don't think the Rams were even on the short list yesterday when we were talking. And about the NFL, Rodeo. NFL is the only supposed sport of the big three of football, basketball, and baseball yeah. where it's a hard salary cap. So here, the, I found the list. So the teams were this. The and Rowdy just kind of covered them. The Kansas City Chiefs, the New Orleans Saints the New England Patriots, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Green Bay Packers. Those were all the teams among the ones Beckham was considering. And then out of nowhere, the L.A. Rams get them. What? So yeah, look at this offense, though, dude. Matt Stafford, obviously, dynamic. I've always been a Stafford guy. And then you team up with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, a star-studded defense uh, and everyone else that they're uh, you gathering. But my question is, didn't Deshaun Jackson, didn't he want out of L.A. 
the Rams because he wasn't being used to, to his you know his full abilities that he wasn't being utilized. If Odell Beckham, now I'm not comparing the two, but they both have kind of you know diva wide receiver attributes. If Deshaun Jackson wanted out because he wasn't getting the ball enough, is Odell Beckham going to have to be a good boy and just put on a smiley face if he's getting one catch for six yards like he did with the Cleveland Browns? I guess he's got a better chance of making the well, Super Bowl. I will say this, though, about the two. Deshaun Jass- Jackson is way past his prime. Yeah, Odell Beckham Jr., age-wise, is still in his prime. Is he 28, 29, 28, 29, one or the other? Yeah, he still has a couple more years of, of prime football. Deshaun Jackson is, he's is way past that. Yeah, he's done. So, uh, reading some of these quote-unquote sources, uh, Jordan Schultz, this is a guy that was first kind of breaking, um, you know, that Odell was thinking about the Packers. He had this to say, the Schultz underscore report is his Twitter handle. His source is, Odell's final two teams came down to the Rams and the Packers, and this is Packers who remained his preferred destination. But not once... Did Odell Beckham Jr. feel like Green Bay was all in? He said on the flip side, he spoke with Sean McVay, who was able to creatively detail the multitude of ways he'd maximize OBJ's talents. So you got Mike Florio on one hand, who is a clown, saying that is a hollow gesture for the vet minimum for the Packers. Then you have this guy, Jordan Schultz, saying not once did Odell feel like Green Bay was all in, despite it being his preferred destination, but he did talk with Sean McVay, who was a Creatively detailed a multitude of ways to maximize Odell's talents. What? No, let's let's take this with a grain of salt. If you can't, you can't go more all in than what the Rams are. Like there is, there is no way the Packers could have lied through their teeth and said, "Oh, we're all in here." Just look at what the Rams have done. They just acquired Von Miller, sent away. What was it? Two second round picks. Yep. They they don't have a first round pick. For like the next three years or whatever, I think it's it longer three, than that. Three or four years, it's something crazy. And yeah. th- they don't even draft. I don't think for the first time in this upcoming draft until like the fourth round. <laughs> I know like, they've they've like, gone yeah, all in. They they traded for Matthew Stafford. They traded for Von Miller. They brought in Odell Beckham Jr. They've tr- they've made all of these trades to go out and get people <laughs> to to like you know go all in. Well, on the face of things, the Packers. Couldn't do anything to say, yeah, we're more all in than the Rams. So I, yeah, I, I don't even care. Like, it, oh, neither on, do I. I just paper, think it's funny. On paper, yeah, it looked fine. It, it, it was an upgrade. It, but also, we did talk about the baggage. We did talk about uh, the fact that he was oft injured the last few years. I'm not upset about this at all. It was just kind of like, eh, it was a pipe it, dream. Yeah, if it happens and he plays well, nice. Yeah, it was a pipe dream that if it happened, you're like, okay, cool. I never got my hopes up. I never once thought. You know, a, a part of me when Rowdy, when you were going through the, you know, the salary cap and and how it made sense that the, you know, the money would work out and this and that. A part of me was like, oh, I could, okay, maybe this will happen. No, nope, no, nope, but I never got my hopes up. If it, a pipe dream. If it did, it did. If it didn't, whatever. The Packers are still a Super Bowl contender. Just, you know, they got they well, still I got awesome you, with Devontae Adams. I sent Adams. you something that I thought was pretty funny. It was the MGM putting out their yeah, yeah. Super Bowl odds, and before the Odell Beckham Jr. move. The Rams' odds to win the Super Bowl were plus eight hundred or eight to one. After they signed Odell Beckham Jr., those odds didn't change. I got their get, Super Bowl odds were still plus eight hundred or eight to one. I got to get caught up on some DMs. Some of your seems right so, now. So uh, it seems like Vegas doesn't really care about the Odell Beckham Jr. No. signing. They don't think that it really makes them better as a team. 
No. Yeah, it's the it's the same Super Bowl odds. Um, they just got, I guess, another weapon, but you know, the there's only so many people you can throw the ball to in one play. So we'll see. I mean, Packers still got a guy named Devontae Adams and still got a guy named Aaron Rodgers, and they got a defense that uh, looks in marginally better than it has in years previous. Now you look at the LA Rams; they have more weapons. They have a on both sides of the ball, but again, we'll see. You still got to play the game. So yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. now an LA Ram. My God, the Rams though, Rowdy. What? What? <laughs> they are like uh, I saw Sean McVay as was it Thanos with the with the power stone? What the hell are the stones? The Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. You got to help me out here. I'm not, I'm not, it's Infinity my, Stones. I don't know my MCU too well. Uh, the Infinity Stones. He's collecting all of them. He's like Thanos, ready to go get going. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. the second high-profile player added by the Rams this month after they traded for Von Miller. They're just collecting them all. Uh, and Rowdy, you sent me a funny, funny uh, tweet from uh, it was Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know, if it was FaceTiming or Instagram Live or whatever with each other. Odell Beckham Jr. Man, you don't like the uh, the diamond in his tooth, Rowdy? No, looks stupid. <laughs> He's got this diamond on one of his incisors that, like, uh, I don't know. If I was a defender and saw that, my goal would be to knock that out of his mouth. Well, who was it? Was it a keep to leave that was always trying to steal chains? Yeah, snatching chains. Yeah, snatching chains. You'd be snatching tooth diamonds. No, just <laughs> knocking them out. Knocking them out. What? Uh, there you go. So uh, Odell Beckham Jr., a Ram. I love my Fridays. A because it means that uh, the weekend is here. And B, well, no, I should say A, because I get to talk to this guy, Dave Esler, and B, because the weekend is here. Uncle Dave, Dapper Dave, what's up, baby? Uh, you know, I mean, you keep up with me more than my wife keeps up with me, so you should know. Well, someone's got to keep you in check, dude. I know, I know. I get it. I mean, that's why we have checks and balances in life. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, we can talk about your weather versus mine. You know, we can talk about talk about whatever you want. It's your show. Oh, well, thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. But I also like to talk gambling with you. But before we, well, this is kind of on the vein of gambling. I've been loving your videos on your Twitter account at Dave underscore Essler, E-S-S-L-E-R. In fact, Dave, I get this Robin Hood vibe from your last one. The hat you had on, I, I got these connotations of you steal from the rich and give to the poor with your picks, Dave. This hat well, that you had I'm, on was incredible. I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad you got that impression, but that's the furthest thing from the truth. Oh. <laughs> Dave. If, if, I, if I steal, I'm keeping it, my friend. Oh, okay. Well, you're giving up winning advice, aren't you, on these videos, Dave? Yeah, so far. You know what's interesting? I'm gonna, I'm going to use this platform to bitch. Please do. Um, I mean, we bitch about a lot of stuff here. I know, but it, you know, this is a this is a sort of a uh, a whatever. I can't think of the word on on life. You know, I, I think both of those videos in the last couple of days, which are easy winners, got like maybe three thousand people downloaded it or viewed it, um, and exactly one said thank you. Oh, Dave, that's yep. just not right. Yep. That's just not and, right. And and, and and I don't know if I'm going to do one today. I'm a little pressed for time. And I, I can assure you there will be more than one that says, you got a free play today? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, that's just not right. We got, you got to find out these people that are taking your advice, and you send them our way. We'll come at them like uh, you know, Tanya Harden and Nancy Kerrigan with a lead pipe. What do you think? You know... Yeah, I, I guess I can let you guys do my dirty work. I don't want to totally ruin my public image on Twitter. 
No, yeah, you 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 be squeaky clean on Twitter. Nelly and I will uh, we'll do the dirty work for you, man. All right. Uh, hey, I'm all about that. Hey, what is the what's the what's the temperature like there down in sunny Florida? Is it sunny, by the uh, way? No, actually, it's a little cloudy, but um, it's probably about thirty or forty degrees warmer than it is in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, driving in this morning was a little snow, Dave. I thought of you. I'm like, man, we got to get him up here for that Northwestern game tomorrow. Well. That isn't happening. I'm just here to tell you that. <laughs> what do you mean you're giving out all this good advice? You're getting winners. If you guys want to play like in Indianapolis or something where there's a dome, I'll take it under advisement. Uh, where's the Big Ten Championship? It is in Indianapolis. Yeah, you can watch Wisconsin get their asses kicked by Ohio State. Um, what do you think? You know, I, I hope not. I, you well, know, same. I really same. I'm just being realist. I know, but I really don't like Ohio State. Dave, you're preaching to the choir, dude. Neither do I. Like, meh, meh. Hey, Dave, speaking of Wisconsin and Northwestern, and listen, thanks for the free advice here. I wanted to get this out of the way right away. We thank you for your advice and your picks. To let that be known. What do you think of 24-and-a-half favored uh, the Wisconsin Badgers or the Wildcats? Um, I think that's probably too many. I mean, you know, let's just look at the total and – you know, it, it. I mean, it's a little number. It's like uh, I don't know. Let me let me look real Here, quick. I, what I is gotta that? go. I gotta go pull it up too, real quick, Dave. I was uh, I was just too enamored with your hat. It's uh, forty-one is the over/under. Yeah, forty-one, and they want to give you over half the points. I mean, you know, I, I guess I would actually have to probably take um, Northwestern. I mean, I know they suck, but <laughs> I mean, they do I suck. guess. I guess where's the incentive for Wisconsin to really pound the crap out of them, really? I mean, I think I would take Wisconsin in the first half. You know, hopefully they come out with a little bit of emo and, and want to get it over with early and rest people. Yeah. But, you know, there's no way I'm – mathematically, there's no way I'm laying 60% of the points or 55 or whatever it correlates to in any game, period. So you're going to – I also – I'm not going to tell you what it uh, – my final score prediction as Rowdy and I can do at the end of the show, but I also took Northwestern to cover in this game. So great minds, Dave, think alike. Rowdy, did you? Yeah, I took Northwestern to cover as well. Oof. Sometimes when we're all yeah. going one way, someone's got to go the other way, though, Dave. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, you know, you know, if that's the case, it's going to be 35 to 10. Yeah. Hey, did you? You've been reading my score lines? All right, Rowdy, um, Dave, what do you think of the lane train, Lane Kiffin? Um, you know, I don't know. I, he's fun to... To follow, I can tell you that much. So, has, you know, I give him I give him the colorful award for sure. Has Rowdy um, been bouncing his ideas off of you this week at all? No, Rowdy. Well, you? actually, I think he I think he did Tuesday, and I'm like, dude, that's a lot of work for for two days into the week, and and <laughs> I, you know, you got me like twelve games, and I'm like, I don't even know who's playing yet. Well, um, I like to get my my work out of the way Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then coast the rest of the week well i like to too but i have to do college basketball the nba the nfl um college football uh, so there's a little more on my plate that i'm obligated to pay attention to well i'm sure and, do you stay up till one and, in the morning you know, when i when i get down to a to a aac versus the sunbelt conference game i can assure you it's not tuesday <laughs> well what time do you usually uh, hit the hay dave what time do you go to bed um, yeah, 11-ish. What time do you usually get up? 7. See, Rowdy over here, this kid stays up till like 1 a.m. and he gets up at 4.30. All he does is sports gamble. That's his entire life. 
Well, tell David. You know, the, pro- the, the problem with that is, you know, after about 20 hours, your brain does start to slow down a little bit and you make bad decisions. Is that true, Rody? Oh, this brain slowed down a lot. <laughs> so tell Dave the, what you took for Ole Miss. Yeah, I ended up taking Ole Miss plus two and a half. I just think uh, if it's going to be a shootout, I'd rather have Ole Miss than Texas A&M. The quarterback just scares me. They've been banged up there for A&M. You know, I actually agree with you there. I, I'm, I, you know, I would I would love to argue with you. Uh, you know, it's 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 A and M's. I think it's their only second true road game, and the only other road game was Missouri, which is you know like spring practice. Um, so I don't think this is an Aggie layup at all. And if you look at last week's game when Ole Miss played Liberty, you know all these supposed sharps, if you will, were on Liberty. And that didn't end well for them. No. So, you know, I mean, Ole Miss is undefeated at home. You know, so, you know, maybe maybe we're a little sour on Lane too early. You know, um, you know they're, they're going to have a hard time running against the Aggies. But, you know, they can't throw the ball. And, and truly, I like the under there as well because, you know, we think of Lane and Coral and, and, and run and gun. But Ole Miss actually runs the ball almost 60% of the time. So I, I, uh, I, I don't think that what the instinctive reaction is is the right one so i agree with uncle rowdy oh can we call, can we call him nephew rowdy instead i like that uncle dave and nephew rowdy can we go with that i can't put him in the well but yeah. <laughs> hey dave maybe we can argue about this uh, i don't know let's go to the nfl uh, our Green Bay Packers are hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Now, we're all under the guise that Russell Wilson's going to be playing, and I think we assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to get off that COVID list on Saturday, the earliest he can return. I see the Packers favored by three and a half points. If the Packers are favored by three and a half, they're thinking Rodgers is going to be back, yeah? Yeah, probably. I mean, it opened five, and and you got probably 80%-ish of the money is on Seattle, and it's down to three and a half. It's actually down to three had a couple of books, and even at three and a half, it's weak. Uh, weak meaning you can take the Packers minus three and a half at at at, at uh, even money. And if, it, if you want Seattle, it's going to cost you minus one twenty. So, you know, the market is saying Seattle. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Con, I'm not convinced at that. I mean, if Rogers plays, you know, well, I guess one could make the argument that you know maybe he's a little rusty, but. You know, don't, don't, like Dave, don't. We can argue about that. Don't say Roger can be rusty. It's Aaron Rodgers. I didn't say that. I, you know, you didn't let me finish. Oh, sorry. This is, this sorry. Is my, this is my part of the show. Sorry, sorry. Um, Go, continue. Um, you know, one could make that argument, but you're right. It's Rodgers. <laughs> and, you know, I I just don't trust Seattle's defense and, you know, the weather. I mean, it, it's not going to be. I mean, Seattle weather sucks, but Green Bay weather sucks worse. Hey. So, what? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a little snow. You got all the rain and dreariness in Seattle. You got a little I'm, snow. I'm, nothing wrong with a little snow, Dave. Yeah, but I'm not biased. I'm just citing facts. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I have to, if I can get three, I have to like the Packers. I mean, you know, Seattle wasn't all that before Wilson got hurt. So um, you know, I, I tend to like your Packers and, and disagree with the herd right now. Okay, good. Yeah, it's always good to be a contrarian. You know, we don't want to bow down to the establishment, Dave. Uh, how about this? Your New England Patriots. Is Mac Jones going to be in a little trouble? Is he a little dirty player, Dave? Twisted ankles? What's going on there? Is he a dirty player? Yeah, did you see that video? He's twisted ankles. Like, what is that? No, I missed that. <laughs> no, I, you saw it. Come on, bro. 
mean, I'm just kidding. Just, Mac Jones thought he had the ball. Just win, baby. I mean, you know, we need somebody with an edge. You know. <laughs> yeah, they've got to twist a few ankles along the way. What's the matter? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't like Spygate or Deflategate or something where it was kind of subversive. This was for everybody to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I-, I can't bet against the Patriots at home. Okay, I don't um, want to ask you that. Do you have any other NFL ones that you want to do? I don't want to make you go against your own team. Do you have any other uh, no, NFL I, ones? I, I, I won't, you know, and, and, and I think one of the reasons why, I mean, I could get into the X's and O's, but, you know, I know your show ends at 11 or 10 your time, I guess. Um, you know, Belichick is like one and nine against the Browns, and that's one and nine against the Browns since the Browns fired him. Mm-hmm. I know that was the 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 then Baltimore Ravens, now Browns, but it's still Cleveland. I think Belichick probably really wants to be Cleveland, and you know that's a that's a tough position for the Browns to be in. Uh, I don't trust Baker Mayfield whatsoever. Dave, before I let you go uh, and ask you one more uh, off-the-beaten path here for you, gambling pick, Rowdy took the Buffalo Bills in the big old spread. Was it 12, Rowdy? 13. 13. Do you agree, yay or nay, Uncle Dave? Well, i got to give him a little bit of a a bitch slap because, (laughs) well, if he laid 13, you know, know, I guess on DraftKings right now you can get minus 11. a minus eleven and a half in Vegas, and and no more than minus twelve anywhere. So he definitely was a little premature. E there was taking the number. I don't know about all that. Dave, in my I, uh, defense, I always use BetUS.com, yeah. and it's currently at plus thirteen. It's only sportsbook Rowdy uses BetUS.com. Use the promo code the Zone One Two Five. Well played. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I'll I'll, t- I'll take the Jets. Oh, you go Mike White. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. you go Mike we, White. We, we got to go back and review head to head. Me versus Dave. I believe I'm now like five and zero oh, because I had Wisconsin last week and what was the other one? Has Rowdy oh, been best no, you, Dave? It was the Chargers and the Eagles. Yeah, I don't care if well, I got lucky. One, I'll take it. One thing that you have to learn in this business is you have to have a short term memory, and I do. So we're even. <laughs> Uh, Dave, before I let you go, yeah, man, I mean, yeah. you got seventy-two percent of the tickets are on Buffalo. It opened thirteen and a half, and it's down to eleven or twelve. I'll take the Jets. Hey, Dave, just because you just said you had a short-term memory problem, you know, or not a problem, but short-term memory, just again remember that we are thanking you for your picks. Okay, I, I don't, I don't want, to, I don't want you to be mad at us. But you know, you don't have to. I put myself, I put myself in this position willingly. <laughs> Uh, and you willingly put yourself in a position on one of your videos. You even gave me a shout out. I didn't know you dabbled in the NBA, Dave. You have any NBA picks? Um, no, not yet today. Mm, I mean, I the, NBA, the NBA is tricky because you get the whole load management thing, and uh, that usually comes out about an hour before game time. Yeah. And the line, and the line moves about four points, and it's always an overreaction. I, I probably lost um, half of a house. When when Kawhi Leonard played with the Raptors and he would rest and and the line would move five points and hmm. you'd, you'd you'd bet against him and Toronto would cover anyway. Hey Dave, sir. Again, thank you. And because it's snowing here in Wisconsin, I don't give a crap about golf anymore. Okay. I understand. Are you golfing today though? No. All right, good. I mean, I should be, but I have to go visit my mother. So. Well, tell her we said hello. 
And also, Dave, we love your videos. If you do need eye candy, I know you're looking for maybe some eye candy there. I think you nailed it, dude. You're very dapper. You're very handsome. I think you are the eye candy for those videos. No, I need some. I actually, I think I asked Rowdy to work on that for me. Still a work in progress. Well, Rowdy's got a vet of course. When you get to be my age, the standards are a little lower, so... Don't go by your standards. Go by mine. Well, Rowdy's got a, Rowdy wines and dines them, and then if they don't, if they're not vetted properly, then he won't pass them on to you. Okay, for the videos. Uh, you, you, you're, you're definitely putting too much effort into that. <laughs> hey, Dave, have a good weekend, man. Happy gambling. We uh, thank you for your picks and thank you for your time, my friend. All right, you guys too. Be good. Have fun tomorrow. Yeah, we will. I have a couple extra for you. Okay. Yes, sir. I see you, buddy. There he is, Dave yeah, Essler. That's just guy. to stay warm. Dave underscore Essler E S S L E R. When the Brewers hired hitting coach Andy Haynes, and you can this is go check it out as well documented. When the Brewers hired hitting coach Andy Haynes, every year following his hiring, the batting team batting average went down. Every year, down. Down, down, down. Now, you also have to preface that by saying the batting average in Major League Baseball also went down. Not not trying not trying to stick okay, well, up no, for Andy no, Haynes, no, 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 you're good. but I am saying that uh, overall the league batting average has went down as well. So we're gonna crap on him, but not quite as much. I'll give him just a little bit of. We're gonna respectfully crap on him. Correct. Andy Haynes, because he was awful. Yeah, he stunk. That's that's fine. Brewers still found a way to, I guess, you know, get to the playoffs. What at the end of the day, we want to be winning the World Series, and Andy Haynes. Whether you liked it or not, you had to be the fall guy. Well, was he even a fall guy, Rowdy? I mean, it was a guy that was like, okay, you're one of the reasons why. You got to go. How much stock do you put in a hitting coach, though? Like, they're all professionals that are at this level. How much stock do you put in a hitting coach? Well, I told you, and I've said this probably two or three times on the show, when I think of, like, a, a good hitting coach versus a bad hitting coach, I think of, like, the quarterback coaches that Tom Brady and Drew Brees and all those guys go to. Yeah. When you have a Tom Brady, you're making Tom Brady tenths of a percentage better because he's already a great player. But when you grab a guy like a Tim Tebow and all of a sudden he starts working with a a we'll say throwing coach, Tim Tebow. He can get exponentially better because of how much how much room for improvement there is in that skill set. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you have average or below average players or hitters, I think a good hitting coach goes a long elevate way. Elevate them. If you have elite hitters in the game, I think a good hitting coach makes them just a little bit better. But sometimes just that little bit of a difference and a little a bit World better Series. can make a great hitter an all-star into an MVP. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about who the uh, new additions are first. Uh, Rowdy, when it comes to the new additions for the Milwaukee Brujas, they're going with not one but two new hitting coaches. David Stearns announced that they're going with uh, Ozzie Timmons from the Tampa Bay Rays. He was a first base coach and an assistant hitting coach from 2017 to 2021. And then Connor Dawson, who had worked with the Mariners since 2019, he was their minor league uh, hitting coach. Yeah, so... I think this is really unique because it's something that I I don't know if it's ever been done before. And then be there's going to be assistance as well coming. Yeah, in. I don't know if it's ever been done before, to be quite honest. They hired two hitting coaches that are coming from two completely different, I guess you would say, sides of the coin when yeah. it comes to hitting the ball. I think this is, you'll have some people that say, 
if you don't have one quarterback, or if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. one. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, I think this is interesting though, and I'm I'm hopefully I'm more optimistic on this, saying that this these two can gel. Well, they're only making all this up. And, like the yeah, part. the hitting was really bad. But why I think this is so interesting is because Ozzie Timmons has been around. He was a big league baseball player. He's been around, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about how he had been in minor league baseball. Now he was last with the Tampa Bay Rays as a hitting coach, assistant, and a first base coach. So he's been around hitting coaches and hitting coordinators and stuff like that. Plus he's played big league ball. He's more of like the old school feel, right? Yeah. And Oh, by the way, Tampa Bay has been a really good hitting team for sure, especially in those years that he's been there. So whether it's the hitting coach or his assistants, he was doing something right. Mm -hmm. So that he he's the old school hitting coach type guy. And then they hired this kid. Connor Dawson, who literally is a kid. He's younger than a lot of the guys that will be on the team. He's 28 years old. What? He's 28 years old. Wow. He, he is. A, yeah, there he is. Look at that. He is a guy that obviously is younger than some of the guys that are on this team. He was working in the minor leagues for the Seattle Mariners as a hitting coordinator. He was more of like the tape study. He was more of like the. He um, comes from a technical background with the yeah, Mariners system. He was like the tape study. He was like the launch angle type guy that was all using like the film and new so you're marrying you're, you're gonna marriage the old exactly. school, and the new school it's, together. it's two guys it's one guy that's in his 50s that's more old school baseball old school hitting adjustments and changes and one guy that is the video he is the launch angle, break you down like i think it's 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 pretty ingenious by the brewers to do this because it looks great on paper yeah it, but will it work? Because the two guys are going to have to get along. They're going to have to coexist. Because what if one guy thinks, well, I'm the hitting coach. Well, the launch kinda, angle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, no, we need to bunt. They're going to have to gel. For this to work, they're going to have to gel. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it, it won't happen. I'm not saying it will happen. But it, it's just a different little wrinkle that is now the Brewers hitting coaches. But I do think I like it's this experiment. I like it. Because like it. when... You you've referenced the movie Moneyball, but does he get on base? Yeah, and they it was Billy Bean and some of the Jonah Hill. Yeah, Jonah Hill <laughs> and some of the technical guys that do it mathematically with analytics and all that, trying to come up with the best way to be different to have like an edge in baseball. Yeah, isn't this something to be a little different? Throw a little wrinkle well, don't you in gotta, the hitting. Don't you always got to be changing, being different in, in, in baseball, professional sports? Don't you and always got to be cutting edge? And that's the thing. It's like, well, the Brewers could have went after an old school hitting coach that might have been able to make some of the guys better. But obviously we see that new baseball is also going towards launch angle. Yeah. And they, they could have done all these things. And even if they got a really good hitting coach... It so, could have made them all a little bit better, but they went for like this mix of the two worlds. I dig it. Trying to like really exponentially make their hitters better or, or find an edge. So, Rowdy, you were talking about them coexisting, right? So, Timmons and Dawson, uh, one was he 51 is Timmons and Dawson 28. Both said their first priority is to listen. To listen. Well, it's going to have to be. To each other as they build a rapport and then with players as they begin to understand what they are working with. They said that process is just beginning for the duo after what Timmons described as an exhaustive hiring process, including interviews with at least six club officials. And I think, I to be completely honest, when it, when it goes to listening and working together, 
obviously it falls on both of them. Yeah. But you know who I think it falls on a little bit more? I think it the falls old-timer? a little bit more on Ozzie Timmons because he is the old school guy. Yeah. He is the older guy. He he was a guy that played in Major League Baseball. Connor Dawson, it's hard to even find. He just grinds tape. Yeah, it, it's hard to even find if he if he played baseball at any level because it's hard to find his profile. Yeah. He he is a tape guy, a technique guy. Ozzie Timmons was the guy that's been there. He's played in the games. I, I obviously they're going to have to have some mutual respect and listen to each other because if Ozzie Timmons comes in and says, no, we're doing it my way, I'm the former big leaguer, I was, the, you know what I mean, yeah. all this, it's not going to really work. Let's see, Ozzie played for the Cubs and the Reds where he batted 263, 200, and 333. Let's go to the phones quick, line four. Who's this? Good morning, guys. Hey, Chad, what's up, brother? Not much, not much. So it, maybe this is a good sign that they brought a guy in just to work with uh, head case who is Christian Yelich. <laughs> <laughs> anything, I mean, they got to try anything and everything, throw the kitchen sink at him to get his game right. Maybe there's like one personal person for Christian Yelich and another one for the other one. Chad, is that some kids I hear in the background? <laughs> That's one kid. <laughs> Uh, here's what you got to do, Chad. Uh, we had Cooter called in and said, uh, if you guys are tailgating tomorrow, we are 9 to 11 at the Red Zone with Coors Light. But, Chad, you drop that kid off with the quickness, and you come down to Red Rock Saloon from 2 <laughs> to 6 tonight with our friends in Truly. What do you think? That's going to happen. Yeah! Sorry, kiddo. You're done. <laughs> He's got to go back to daycare. <laughs> That's right. You, you teach him a lesson, Chad. Daddy's got to come hang out with the boys. Chad? Oh, you guys, yeah, I'm oh, here. Oh, you kind of keep cutting out, brother. Hey, we'll see you tonight, brother. We'll see ya. All right, much love. So I just found Connor Dawson's LinkedIn profile. <laughs> you on LinkedIn with this guy? Yes, and it's actually very interesting. So he played. He has references? So he played community college baseball. I got to find this Connor Dawson LinkedIn. He played community college baseball, and then when he graduated from community college and he started up his very own Premier Baseball KC, and he was a hitting. It's a hitting. How'd you program. find? There's like so many Connor Dawsons. What did you type in? So, Connor Dawson Mariners. Oh, okay, that's a good idea. And, and he started like his very own like hitting Dude, clinic, hey, like a Connor. hitting program. So he goes from community college baseball to starting his own hitting program. Swing. God, you can find anything on the internet. He, he then went to a college and was an assistant baseball coach in strength and conditioning and then was basically just an assistant coach at community college until moving into a hitting coach in minor league baseball being a hitting strategist a hitting coordinator and he did that for three about God, three he years. must be turning a lot of heads and working his way up the ranks and, and that's what i'm saying is this guy must be good at what he does if he's flying up that if, fast if he's graduating community college and done playing baseball at age 21 immediately opens his own hitting clinic for about two years Look at that Rowdy. Put, that puts him at 23. Look at the research department. And then just the, last, the last three to five years has been anywhere besides being a assistant coach in community college to a minor league hitting strategist or hitting coordinator. He's flown up the ranks extremely quick, yeah, especially the last three years. So he's got to be turning heads and doing something correct, especially to have the, the fact that he, he was able to open his own hitting clinic. Okay, anyone can open their own hitting clinic. If we got the funding, me, Ben, you, we could open our own hitting clinic. The only way that that takes off is if it's successful. Yeah, totally. So he's obviously doing something right. Because we could open the clinic, and we could probably close it next month. 
<laughs> yes, totally. Look at that. Look at the deep dive from the research department on Rowdy but right yeah, there. It's, it's, LinkedIn. It's, it's a very interesting hire because you got two different guys coming from two different schools that are really two different ages. I dig it, dude. You have like I a, dig it. You almost have like a guy that is old enough to, to be this other guy's father, and they got to work together. And they got to figure it out. I'm sure one guy is going to be doing the little things in game. That's more of the Aussie Timmons. The other guy is more of the video crushing. All right, we're going to go back and look through things after we played a full game. It'll be interesting to see how it works. I like the ingenuity because it's not the same old, same old. They're trying something new to try and get an edge. And I think doing that with where the, the Brewers bats and most likely not being able to bring in really that many new faces it's something new to try and spice things up. Spice it up, baby. Yeah, only way we can go is up after Andy Haynes. But yeah, go. definitely a deep dive on Connor Dawson, hitting coordinator at and Seattle LinkedIn. Thank you, thank you to LinkedIn. I the only thing I do is like accept people who try to add me on it, and I don't do anything else with it. When's the last time it you wasn't up, easy to find? When's the last time you updated your LinkedIn? I just added Ben. Ben Kenny added me on LinkedIn the other day. It's the first time I've done something on LinkedIn in months. Last time I was on LinkedIn, probably like a year ago. I just get notifications that someone's trying to add me or connect or the hell it's called. I say yes, and then that's it. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet? You win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Northwestern, the Wildcats. As the Badgers are favored by 24 and a half points. Holy shnikes. And if you missed the news, uh, Ches Malusi, the Badgers running back, top back, is done for the year. He, Paul Chris did not say what it was, but a source did tell our Zach Heilprin. that it was a torn ACL. And that's the vibe I kind of got. Isn't to. it weird? I feel like it's. Wisconsin and just college football in general, for the most part, it's always weird how they disclose injuries. It's like lower leg injury. Well, they don't, they technically don't have the same. I know, but it's like obviously in the NFL, it's like, oh, so and so tore their ACL. You know that like the next day. Yeah. Well, what gets weirder, hockey, like NHL or, or Major League Baseball? Lower body injury, general soreness. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It gets weird. But like, yeah. well, I don't get why they just can't come out and say, yeah, Ches Malusi tore his ACL. ACL. He's he's done for the year. I don't really understand either. Uh, let's see here. Our guy, Just Jeff. Well, good morning, Jeff. Says, I can confirm there is a morning haze. Not working today, so let's get hazy. My man. Where's the invite? Uh, so, yeah, Ches Malusi is done. And the bad thing is here, um, it's now been five running backs, right, Rowdy? Five running backs that have now... Either left, kicked off the team, or hurt. Yeah, Antoine Roberts, Loyal, Loyal Crawford. Crawford. That was the little knife incident. Those two were gone right away. Yep. Jalen Berger being dismissed from the team. And then transferred, right? Yep. Isaac, or in the transfer portal. Yeah. Isaac Garendo, done for the season. Hurt. And now Ches Malusi, done for the season. Wow. Pretty wild for the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, listen, here's the thing, though. Braylon Allen is a monster. The 17-year-old yeah, true freshman. Yeah, but isn't it wild that your top three running backs on the depth chart heading into the season are now done for the year? Yeah, it's wild. But now you got a guy like Braylon Allen who, here's your bizarre injuries, who has been dealing with 
general soreness is now the lead feature back. And then what behind him is Julius Davis. Then you have Brady Shipper. And then um, what the hell's the dude's first name? Is it Grover Bordelotti? Yeah. Grover Bordelotti with the Gabagool. So looking at this. So basically you're going to get a heavy dose of the first three. <laughs> yeah. If you're getting Bordelotti, that means uh, someone else has got injured, and we don't want to speak that into existence. Braylon Allen. This guy is going for his sixth game in a row of 100 or more yards rushing since becoming a featured part of the offense. This dude is a monster. Rowdy, when you saw him, uh, what was it, him, like before the season even started, his squatting and him well, in the weight room videos, like, holy this This, sh- this goes stuff. back before that. It goes back to when he was still in high school. Like, Jesus. When, when it was like, oh, this is a 16-year-old kid from Fond du Lac that's uh, going to be a Badger. Play safety and running back. They still don't know what position he's going to play. But, yeah, there was a lot of weight. There was a lot of weight being moved around in the weight room even when he was 16. Did you mention being a safety? Then it came to Madison, was with the Badgers, and you were seeing all these things. And turns out he became the running back, as you know, Jim Leonard says, that the offense stole him away. Mm-hmm. And now... Could you imagine he, him being a safety? Well, well, you talk about... You talk about uh, Losing all those running backs, right? Yeah. We just named them all. And how going into the season, the top three were, well, Belusi, Berger, and Garendo. All three done. I think you can argue that uh, Braylon Allen is potentially the best out of all three of those. Hands down. Or at least has run the best out of all three of those. Now, Jalen Berger really wasn't uh, given the ball too much. No. But uh, of the guys that you've seen, probably the most raw talent out of uh anyone that's really had many carries. Braylon Allen. So, Rowdy, let me ask you. Braylon Allen, like I just said, has rushed for over 100 yards in each of his last five games. No coincidence that the Wisconsin Badgers have won five in a row while this is happening. And now you look at Northwestern. Northwestern, wow, are they bad. Northwestern, their run defense. So, Wisconsin ranks second in the Big Ten and 13th nationally in yards rushing per game at 222.5. Northwestern's rush defense is 124 out of 130 of FBS teams. Wildcats are giving up 5.4 yards per carry. <laughs> what? Yeah, just under 225 yards a game. Ooh. Not not exactly the recipe that's uh, set up to stop Wisconsin, <laughs> no. especially when we know Wisconsin is going to run the football. They've been running the football successfully since the Illinois game. And the one thing that does make me nervous, yeah, though... What, what makes you nervous about this? Is... Braylon, Al- Braylon Allen's basically his health, his general soreness. Yeah, because if if he, this is the time of the year where a lot of those dings start to add up, right? They mm. just kind of become nagging injuries. They got to somehow maneuver through this game, keeping him healthy. Because yeah, they can make it to the Big Ten championship game if they lose another game. But then you start doing the well. This team needs to beat this team, and this team has to lose to this team. But if they win out, they control their own destiny. Yeah, and obviously that's what they want to do. And it's it's right there in front of them. I mean, they will be favored against Northwestern, or they are favored against Northwestern. They will be favored against Nebraska, and they will be favored against Minnesota. So this is a, a team that should finish the season 3-0. and I imagine that's what their goal is, make it to the Big Ten championship game. But at the same time, yes, it matches up well against Northwestern, but can Braylon Allen stay healthy? Can they get him 20 carries? in this game or are they going to limit him or is or is his health just in general going to limit him 
just because we've seen that there is quite a bit of a drop off after Ches Malusi, Braylon Allen, Jalen Berger. You know, you, you name some of these guys yeah. that are big time recruits or big time players. There is a bit of a drop off, and it's not like you're you're really bashing the other players. It's just they're just not exactly the type of players that those other three were. So what's the uh, what's the scuttlebutt on Julius Davis then, the redshirt sophomore? Well, remember he was highly touted Wisconsin uh, running back, and really couldn't get on the field. Remember, what did, he, first, did he tear his meniscus? No, I think it was he had, his groin. He groin? had a groin injury at first, and then remember when he did get a, a shot at and some run, he fumbled like his very first carry, and then they they said that uh, former running backs coach John Settle had him in the uh, doghouse. Yeah. I think and he never really got else. out of it. And then earlier this season, he had a few carries, but it wasn't anything major. But at the time, you still had a lot of those names that we listed yeah. that were out. But now he's being thrusted in there. And then uh, Brady Shipper has been a kid that has gotten a handful of carries here, a handful of carries there, more like the Garrett Groshak third down back from last season. So, I mean, they still kind of have their own roles, and you imagine that Braylon Allen is the bell cow. Yeah. But if Braylon Allen goes out with an injury, man, like – yeah, it's, it's getting pretty a ton of players. I mean, the cupboards are just by war of attrition getting pretty bare. Um, you've, yeah, you're up to five running backs you've lost right now. And if the Wisconsin line plays up to its potential, plays up to its stars, its recruiting stars, and plays up to uh, the level they have been pretty much since that Illinois game. It doesn't matter who's running the football. No. You saw that at the end of that Rutgers game where they basically mentally broke Rutgers on, on the offense and defensive line in the trenches, and you saw Grover Bortolotti, Grover running, Bortolotti. running, averaging like what five, six, seven yards a carry. He anyone was running through those those holes, mm-hmm. and if that offensive line can can take that up, be physical and and kind of put it on their backs, as it doesn't matter who we have running the football, they're going to get five yards every carry. I mean that's that obviously bodes well for anybody running the football for Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, Rowdy, they're already um, for Wisconsin. They they became bowl eligible with that win over uh, Rutgers, obviously. And Wisconsin now, um, I think we've had Andy Andy on the show a couple times. Uh, you know, works for the UW. He put an article out yesterday. Bowl buzz, a sunny new year in Florida. So they're already priming the pump for Wisconsin to get probably to Florida. Well, yeah, if they continue to play well most likely finish the season nine and three and play in the big 10 championship game that has new year's day bowl written all over no doubt that has like the outback bowl screaming at you let's see here uh five times in orlando three times in tampa once in miami has represented the big 10 they've also been assigned on four occasions to pasadena california i don't foresee that. i don't, I don't think foresee that's that. happening i see a nice sunny florida coming up i could see outback or capital one yeah depending on how and the Badger finish. fans always travel very well there, and we have good rapport with those they, those bowl committees and whatnot. So, I don't know. Well, I think another thing with the the Badger and this Badgers in this game is we talk about the running backs; they're dinged up. We talk about the offensive line having to dominate. We know that this Wisconsin defense is going to shut down Northwestern. I don't think many people expect Northwestern to score many points in this game. No. What's their now, quarterback, Andrew Marty? Now, that being said, we keep talking about the same things because it's exactly what Wisconsin has to do. It's simple. It's exactly what Wisconsin has to do to win the football game. Be physical in the trenches. Offensive line has to open up holes for the running backs. They have to run the football successfully. 
And don't turn the ball over. Graham Mertz, don't turn the ball over. Mertz, don't I know you're listening. Don't, don't do it, Mertz. Well, here's the thing about Northwestern. As much as Wisconsin should throttle them, Northwestern has beaten Wisconsin three times since Paul Chris took over as head coach in 2015. No other Big Ten West division team has defeated the Badgers that often during Chris's tenure. Although, uh, let's see here, Northwestern has won eight of the last 15 games in the series. Wisconsin's won six of the last seven meetings in Madison. There's been so many weird games with Northwestern and the Wisconsin Badgers. I I did not, full disclosure, not going to tell you my score, but I did not take the Badgers to cover in this game. I didn't either, but I had a tough time because, like I explained to, to Zach, our sports director, Zach Heilprin, I could see the Badgers absolutely coming out, Braylon Allen getting 25 carries, staying healthy, the offensive line just completely physically dominating Northwestern's defensive line and opening up holes and Grant Mertz making throws when he has to and the defense giving up absolutely nothing and them winning the game like 38 to 10, yeah. 38 to three, like some big blowout. But then I could see Braylon Allen going out with an, you know, nagging injury where they don't want to run them 25 times during the game. The offensive line is just doing just, just all there. right. Yeah. And Graham Mertz has a turnover too, and it leads to short fields. And all of a sudden you look at the score and it's 21 to 17. Like I could see like, either happened? one of those games playing out with the current situation. Now I'm leaning more towards the first example where they blow out Northwestern because I think more it's a higher percentage says that that happens. Yeah. But um, yeah, just because it is Northwestern, it is the pain in the ass of the big 10 for the Badgers. <laughs> pain in the ass of the Badgers, Northwestern. You could see it going either, You could see it being super close where there's no business for it to be, or just a blowout like it should be. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Wagner, good morning. How are we doing today, my friend? We're, we're doing well. We're doing well. How are you? I'm not pushing daisies. I'm above ground, so I'm doing fantastic. Absolutely. So, how about Josh Hader and the NL reliever of the year? Was this the worst kept secret in baseball? Yeah, kinda. You know, I, the dude just the dude just keeps dealing. And you got to tip your cap, you know. The guy was fastball, fastball, fastball. I dare you to hit it. They started to hit it. Went out, added a new pitch. Uh, just for good measure, came back this year, added the changeup. Um, yeah, he gave up the homer to, to Freddie Freeman there in game four of the NLDS, but what a hell of a run that, that, that Josh Hader has had. When you look at his entire, like this year, obviously great, blew one save the entire year. But you look at his body of work since coming up in, in, in 2000, I think it was 18, uh, just what he's done since he's been up here is kind of phenomenal. So, Andrew, we were in the discussion yesterday about Josh Hader, and a lot of people saying he had more blown saves. What was it, Rowdy? More blown saves in the playoffs than he. Whatever it, I forget, the it was exactly more blown saves in the playoffs than saves. Yeah, that's what it was. So, Hater, obviously, you want your players in the best position. Uh, your best players in the best position, right? Is does, is clutch factor is that a thing? Like, I don't even know what I'm trying to ask you. We had a couple listeners saying, like, oh, I wish Hater would just do better. He's not a postseason pitcher. He's more of a regular season guy. What would you say to that? Uh, I would encourage them to go back and <laughs> watch again. Um, remember what he did in the 2018 playoffs. He was a pretty darn good pitcher, and he wasn't pitching in that closer role. He was coming in and pitching, you know, some pretty important innings earlier in the game when the Brewers didn't have any starting pitchers. Yeah, yeah he, he 
blew the save in, in game four this year, uh, giving up the home run to Freddie. Okay, fine, I can see that. Uh, and the other game they're talking about is, is the NL wild card game in 2019. Well, go back and look at that inning from start to finish and see what happened there and, and understand you can't pin that solely on Josh Hader. Is that, <coughs> is that the good boy? Do I hear a good boy in the background? No, that was me. That was me. Oh. Well, damn. No, 100%. I wanted to say hi to your dog. And, th- and that's what I said. I was like, okay, you're telling me you don't want to roll out Josh Hader up by a run in the playoffs? Yeah, it's like, what else are you yeah. going like, to do? What are, we, what are we talking about here? That's one of the, the more more ludicrous arguments that, that you hear these days. He's not a postseason pitcher. Okay, sir. You you have yourself a day. Sir, put the bottle down. Well, you just look at what Josh Hader did this year, and he has been incredible since being brought up to the big leagues, especially from 18 through now. We're talking about a guy that has won three out of four best reliever awards in the NL, but he had his best year this year. And and I think in some categories you're splitting hairs, but uh, this was by far his best year in my opinion. Remember, I wrote about this in spring training. Do you remember when the biggest argument was, well, should you use him as a starter or keep him as a reliever? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one even mentions him starting anymore. Um, you know, the thing that, that, that made him so good this year was, was the fact that they finally just started using him like a traditional closer, wanting a pop. I think that, combined with the fact that he didn't pitch very much last year like everyone, uh, and the fact that he went long stretches this year, where he didn't have to pitch, either because of the way the Brewers were playing or just the way things lined up. You know, he was he was at full strength every time he took the ball. And the big question now is, what happens next with Hayter? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you about, because the scuttlebutt around right now is, uh, should the Brewers trade Josh Hader? What do you think about that? I mean, I, I see two ways of working. The, guy, the guy's going to get paid, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um you know, he, he's earned every cent of it. He's a great investment. Uh, you know, the Brewers, I'm sure, would eat that money, but it's always risky. It's always risky when you start paying, you know, hefty sums to closers. I think Josh Hader's a little bit different um, than, you know, other guys in the past. But at the same time, the Brewers are doing a hell of a job finding back-end relievers uh over the last couple of years, is what you can get for Josh Hader now and in the future going to be more helpful than what Josh Hader is going to give you this year? And, and do you take that money that you would invest in Hader and, and apply it towards locking up Corbin and, and Woody for the long term? So there's two different ways to go with it. Obviously, it's a tough decision. You know, I don't think Mark would have any problem opening up a checkbook and saying, yeah, you know, we're going to keep that? Josh Hader around. You sure, he would, I, you sure he'd open up the checkbook? Absolutely. You think so? Now, Josh Hader is projected in arbitration to make about $8 million, so that's still not breaking it, it, anyone's bank yet. No, but I, I, I've been hearing numbers closer to 10, um, stuff like that. So, and, and if you're going to – and I'm not, it's only going to go up. That's the thing. See, you know, we were, $10 million this year – that's then you, you tack on, say he signs a four-year deal. 
Now you're talking some pretty hefty money over the next couple of years. Well, there were rumors about Josh Hader being traded, obviously, last year, the year before that. And I yep. one deal that I remember that stuck out to me, because I actually thought at the time it was a pretty good deal, was from the New York Yankees, and it was supposedly uh, like a J.A. Happ. I think it was some low-level prospects. Then you got Andujar, who was at third base, and you got Clint Frazier in the outfield, both who were coveted prospects that had played pretty well in their first year-plus in the big leagues, and that looked like quite the haul, especially because you got like a big, uh, big time, or sorry, you got a big league reliever, you got a big league starter, you got two up and comers in the outfield and third base, and you needed a third baseman and some low level prospects for Hader. But then that's why we're talking about their prospects. Frazier took a dump, and Duhar hasn't been able to stay healthy. J.A. Happ is now like 60 years old. The reliever would have been gone in a year or two, and then you just had a bunch of low-level lottery tickets, and that trade, looking at it now, wouldn't have been very good. You'd definitely want to have Hater. Absolutely. You, know, you bring up one of my favorite favorite phrases that I learned from one of my mentors in this business, and I'm not going to name-drop him now because he's a, he's another radio guy, so he's Do probably it. a rival. But Name-drop him. Drew Olson. What's wrong with you know, that? Pro- I like Yeah, you good guy. I do. But his phrase was, prospect is a Greek word for hasn't done bleep yet. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's always the thing. Rowdy brings up those guys, and you look back at, at, you know, this current World Series, Michael Brantley was, was the throw-in in the C.C. Sabathia trade. Everyone else, including the Brewers' top prospect at the time, Matt Laporta, none of them panned out. You know, those trades are always so difficult. So that's why, you know, that's the other thing that kind of leads me towards, do they just say, you know what, we are such a good team with Josh Hader at the back end of it, let's let's write the check. And, yeah, I do think, I do think Mark Gattazio will pay the money. Remember, this is a guy that spent a combined $125 million on Matt Garza, Kyle Loesch, and Jeff Supon. So he's got no problem spending money. He just gave $200 million to Christian Yelich. You know, people spend money. He's just been shown now that it's not always about spending money. So I I really do think that they keep Josh Hader this year because it's definitely still really affordable. And then he still has another year of arbitration afterwards. Depending on where that Milwaukee Brewers team does next season and where that I guess you would say outfield and roster is at just because there's so many moving parts with uh, players that are making a lot of money, but they're uh, probably going to be out the door within the next year. I feel like it's a, all right, we'll have Josh Hader this year. We'll see what uh, happens going into his last arbitration year. You know, you're right. And I I forgot that he was a super two. So I kept thinking this is his third arbitration, but yeah, you're right. So he does have one more after this. So that was yeah. That's a lot when I of kind things of to remember. Jeez, because you could still well, get quite the haul for Josh Hader, even with a team knowing they got a full season with him left. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he's back this year. I think he's just too good. He's too important to this recipe for what they've done. You know, that's the other thing we 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 didn't kind of hit on it. You know, you talk about what he's done since he's come up in 2018, and you take into account the offensive struggles at that time and the struggles of the pitching staff in some of those years. You look at some of those innings that could have been high stress, you know, Brewers offense that was scraping out runs at the bottom of the barrel. How many of those were one-run leads that were do-or-die games? Like, give that guy credit because he has pitched some of the most meaningful innings in franchise history. Yeah. Andrew Wagner joining us right now. Uh, Andrew, I want to talk about the new uh, Brewers hitting coaches, but before that, 
NL Cy Young, Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, or Zach Wheeler? Who you got, Andrew? I think it's going to be Scherzer. Um, I just think I think the three guys are going to split the first place votes so many ways. It's going to come down to how they finish uh, on the second and third place lines and other people's ballots. And I think I think Scherzer's going to end up end up getting the most votes just because his overall body of work and what the Dodgers did this year and you know the the type of games that they were playing. I mean, he was ridiculous up until the end of the postseason run there. I, I, no knock on Corbin Burns. Um, it's not about really the innings. Um, I think the innings will, will be what kind of dings him when guys that didn't pick him first are filling out the rest of their ballots. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Scherzer just overall. I, I could totally see it being like each guy gets 10 first-place votes, mm-hmm. um, just the way that the numbers break down, but... You know he's got he's got every every case in the world for it, and I just think it's going to come down to Scherzer at the end. Uh, more will be revealed. And uh, ooh, uh, Craig Council is he going to be manager of the year, or is that going to go to Gabe Kapler? That'll go to Gabe Kapler. Yeah, I think that's so pretty. Coming off a hundred loss, you know, a hundred loss seasons, or you know, whatever it was that the Giants were doing, it was quite the turnaround. Yeah, I think and it was honestly it was a case. roster of a lot of has beens. It really was. We talked about that a lot of times during the season. You know, it was kind of the anti-moneyball thing. You know, we keep seeing these teams that are being built around, you know, young prospects and guys that are hitting that age 26, 27 season that, you know, are usually right in their prime. But, no, these are all, you know, longtime veterans, guys that have been around a long time and going out there and, and, and doing things. and you know, it was impressive. All right, Andrew, before I let you go, my man, uh, two new hires for the Milwaukee Brewers. Andy Haynes, they told you, told him, see ya! And then they hired Ozzie Timmons and Connor Dawson. Ozzie Timmons, 51 years old, the old school kind of guy. Connor Dawson, a 28-year-old uh, video new school kind of guy. Right, Rowdy? What's uh, what's the vibe on these two guys coming in? I, I think they're going to be really good. I think that's a great strategy, you know, going out and, and adding two guys in here and hitting the best of those birth worlds. I think the big shock was the Brewers did not hire, you know, Bob from Cudahy or any other Twitter user. <laughs> you know, all these self-proclaimed hitting experts that played a little ball back in high school. Is Bob from Cudahy an actual sure. guy? Is that a guy that... I'm sure there is. I'm sure he's probably drinking a Pabst right now and, Ooh. you know, nice. starting the day off right. But no, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's a good fit. You know, there's, it's such a different game now, and Stearns talked about this. You know, the game has changed. It's a bigger role than ever. You need someone that can manage all the data, and you need someone that kind of caters to those guys that are in into all those analytics. And then you need someone that can also just be the guy a player comes up to and talks about it, his swing. You know, a hitting coach is not going out there and showing you how to hit like in T-ball. A hitting coach at the big league level is a resource. You know, what's what's going wrong with my swing? That kind of thing. Where What am I missing? That kind of thing. So I, I think it'll be a good fit for him. It, it's, you know, obviously hitting coaches get too much blame and not enough credit for, for the way guys produce. Because unlike T-ball, you can't walk up there and stand behind the guy and hold the bat with him. <laughs> At the end of the day, the player's got to produce. Um, but I, I think they're going to be a good resource for the guys. Andrew, you're always a fantastic resource for us here on Over the Line. You know that? I think I think you should just send me and Rowdy the show tonight. 
Yeah, I mean, sure. You guys want to go? Feel free. Uh, yeah. Sure. You want some tickets? All right. Yeah. A little wagon yeah. wheel? We're the actual ones that can sing along. Yeah, you guys can exactly. sing. You guys can embrace. We're not going to be sitting there twiddling our thumbs to the second encore and the one song that everyone knows. <laughs> there you go. Andrew, what do you got going on this weekend, brother, before I let you go? Uh, I don't even know yet. You're I think t- I'm going to go through t- the new Wes Anderson movie. Oh, I wanted. What's that called? Uh, French Dispatch. I heard it was. I heard it was supposed to be really good. Yeah, I'm a big Wes Anderson guy, so. Yeah, you would be. I'm going to watch the Badgers tonight against Green Bay. Bo Ryan night. You, you get uh, you get Big, big Ten, Ten plus? plus. I mean, I I have ways of watching games that oh, you man. know. Say, say no more. Say no more. The internet. The internet is our friend. Uh, the internet is, it giveth and it taketh away, but it, tonight it giveth with. Wisconsin versus the Phoenix. You got the Badgers, right? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, Andrew, we love you, man. We'll keep following it. Bye, Andrew Wagner, the highly successful Twitter account, and all the awesome works, Forbes.com, everything in between, my brother. We'll talk soon. Have a good weekend, boy. See you, baby. There he is. Andrew Wagner.